Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're going to take another short trip through the history books. During the time period from 1914 to 18, the First World War gripped much of Europe. It was the war to end all wars. Wars are inflationary. and The First World War was no exception. The U.S. entered the war in 1917. By 1919, the impact of the war on inflation was becoming clear. For the first time in recent history, it became clear that prices were not going to return to pre-war levels. The Consumer Price Index was first developed in 1919 to track the big inflation of the previous several years, an artifact of wartime under which the prices of ordinary things available back in 1913 had more than doubled. In the 1920s, prices settled a little bit to about 170% of pre-war levels. The permanent erosion of the dollar, the reality of which became clear in the 1920s, forced savers to find some instruments that would pay them back in some better way than just holding on to cash. The overwhelming choice was to capture via stocks the forthcoming profits of businesses. And during the 1920s, the booming stock market roped in millions of new investors, many of whom bought stock on margin. The stock market was performing so well it was seen as an easy way to make a quick buck. Brokers would routinely lend 80 to 90% of the funds needed to buy the shares. Investors only needed to bring 10 to 20% of the money to invest, and the margin account took care of the rest. Stock market was going up so fast the returns were astronomical. If a new offering came into the market, investors would pile into the stock, causing it to shoot up in value. At the height of the 1920s, there were so many initial public offerings that some of the companies didn't even have an operating business underneath them. Nevertheless, investors piled in, and their newfound paper wealth was cause for celebration. Those company founders who initiated the public offering got to cash in on the wave of capital being thrown at the company. The economy grew 42% in the 1920s, and the U.S. produced more than half of the world's output, because of course World War I destroyed much of Europe. New construction almost doubled during that same time period. It's no accident that most major cities have lots of houses that were built in the 1920s. I've owned a few myself. In the 1920s, a quarter of the households bought automobiles for the first time. Radios were selling by the millions, and radio brought music and news into households for the first time. Moving pictures brought people to the movie cinemas and palatial theaters. Of course, we know from the history books how this turned out. On October 29, 1929, it all came crashing down. At the time, only about a third of the banks were part of the Federal Reserve System thousands of banks that were not part of the Fed became insolvent. Investors who had margin accounts had to cough up the cash to cover their margin calls. Most didn't have the liquidity to do so. Banks and brokerage houses called in their loans on a massive scale. We know that investing in companies that don't have any income nor any underlying operations is craziness. We know that high rates of leverage to purchase items that have high volatility also is a dangerous thing to do. Following the initial market crash, the market rebounded 60% and recovered most of the lost ground over the next eight months. Then began the slow, painful decline in share value over the next two and a half years that saw the market index lose 85% of its value. It would take nearly 25 years for the market index to recover to the value it had in October 1929. Now, my company, Tundra Semiconductor, went public in February of 1999 at the height of the dot-com bubble. But our company was a going concern. We had revenue and customers. We were supplying chips into 3G wireless base stations with Nokia and Motorola. We had chips that were used on Navy ships and fighter jets. 
my company was well managed and the investor prospectus associated with the IPO was a high quality document. It had integrity. You could clearly see the link between making investment in the company and the future growth of the company. So here we are in the year 2021. A lot of high profile initial public offerings in the last year despite the pandemic and some of these IPOs have been different than the traditional IPO. Many have been what's called an SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company. That's a company with no commercial operations. It's formed strictly to raise capital through an IPO for the purpose of acquiring an existing business. These are also known as blank check companies. SPACs have been around for decades, but they haven't been used very much. In, in recent years, they've become much more popular. They've attracted some big name underwriters and investors, and they've raised record amounts of money. In 2020, as of the beginning of August, more than 50 SPACs have been formed in the U.S., which have raised some $21.5 billion. So investors are being told to put up their cash to invest in a business that will complete acquisitions of some unknown companies in the future. You won't know the underlying company is a good buy at the time you make the investment. Just trust that the folks making these acquisitions know what they're doing. Now we know that the Securities and Exchange Commission created the Securities Act of 1933 for the purpose of protecting the investing public. There's a lot stricter rules around how offerings can be made than existed back in 1929. At the start of the 1920s, there was also a global pandemic that killed more people than the preceding war. Now, am I the only one who's seeing a parallel between the environment today versus the 1920s? I realize a blank check company isn't exactly the same thing as a shell company with no business, but it kind of looks the same from a distance. History may not repeat itself exactly, but maybe it will rhyme. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.